0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, And I'm Jen. And today we have a much-anticipated episode on the history of Levi's. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we have been planning this episode for a while now. We finally decided it's it's time. We need to do it. Um, And I had personally never done any research on Levi's before, like where the brand came from, who created it, which... I I mean, I knew the name who created it, but I never knew the story of the creator. So I was amazed and we have, this is a long episode, guys. Like there is so much information here for you. There's a lot
0: of of information and we're not even going to be able to cover all of it. We're going to tell you that right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But for the parts that we are going to cover, we want you guys to sit back, relax and enjoy the show. We'll see you at the table. All right. History of Levi's. Who knew yeah. that there
1: was just, I mean, I knew it was extensive, but I guess I just never fully understood the whole scope of Levi's.
0: Absolutely. You know, and it's really just like a part of American history and American culture. So Levi's is a brand everyone it's 150 years old. I yeah. mean, that's huge, you know? And so there's going to be within that 150 year span there's a lot of information and there's a lot to do, but like for us to cover, so we won't be able to cover all of it. Like we said, but we're going to do our best to try to talk about like the highlights and the things that you want to look out for. And, um, but like Daniela said, this is an extensive episode and what we're going to talk about, but let's start with like the history of Levi's. So Daniela, you want to take it away? Sure. So the
1: creator of the jeans, he created jeans. Okay, guys, his name is Levi Strauss. It, Levi Strauss, what you see on your Levi jeans, that, that's the guy. He's the one who did it. Yeah. Um, He was a German immigrant. He was Jewish. And he, he came over with his mom and his siblings. Um, I believe his father passed away.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like his, his father, father like they were selling goods back home and then yep. they came to like America. Like they started out in New York and then he kind of broke off from his family and wanted to go to San Francisco, right?
1: So his brothers were in San Francisco doing dry goods. I remember Mm -hmm. hearing that in one of the videos that I was watching. And, you know, this was kind of, this was his thing. He was a tailor. He was learning how to be a tailor. He really liked the art of, of trading. So trading goods. And you have to remember this is gold rush time when he's going to California. So he's learning all different things. And while he's out there, he realizes, huh, there's these miners, these people coming out here looking for gold during the gold rush. And with his skills that he's acquired with trading and tailoring, in comes creating a work pant. And the way that it started was it was a canvas fabric, And it's basically what we envision, what Levi's kind of looks like, like a rugged, baggy, straight leg. Like that's kind of what it was, but it was made out of a canvas fabric. And what he learned um, was that these miners, these guys digging for gold. I mean they were rough. Things were breaking, yeah. right? Pockets were falling apart. The crotch, the in the seam was breaking, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't it
0: wasn't the right material. So right. believe it or not, even the pockets they were talking in some of the stuff that they needed really well-constructed pockets because they would put like rocks in their pockets you know as they were mining for things or whatever it was yeah super super crazy that it started out in a basically for a mine shaft worker
1: right it's exactly (laughs) what it was and what ended up happening was he then moved over to denim cotton that was the next step it was more rugged than the canvas material and he kind of worked with that fun fact the reason why we call them blue jeans is because indigo was the cheapest dye for fabric at the time, and that's where the blue jean came from. It wasn't that the fabric was that color; was that indigo dye was cheap, and that's mm-hmm. how we created the color. So that was fun. Um, the next step in this process, so he's creating these these items. And he gets approached, Levi gets approached by Richard Davis, who is a tailor who is out in California. And they kind of combine forces and they come together and they realize that there's some things they got to revamp in the, in the Levi's. Right,
0: right, exactly. So, you know, in, in, in my history, like what I'm figuring out about Davis, right. Was that he came up with this idea, right, Mm -hmm. of putting in rivets in stress points that generally occur within the genes. So all those rivets that you see on all your genes where you're like, what are these things? Why are these silver tabs all over the place? Exactly. (laughs) It's like, well, those are the natural stress points that are in your in your pants. And they actually had way more. The original ones had way more rivets. They had even one in the in the crotch. crotch. <laughs> Can you explain that? So this is this was in one of the videos that I watched.
1: The the reason why they eliminated the crotch rivet and reconstructed the crotch area is because yeah. it was made out of copper at the time and it would heat up when the workers were around the <laughs> fire.
0: So the poor men would get burned. Yeah. And then they even had rivets in the butt. Too for like your back jean you know ones and they had those ones but they had to take those out to a because it was really uncomfortable when you rode around in a horse that makes
1: sense (laughs) it makes sense that's very uncomfortable
0: but but it's interesting because this guy davis you guys it was so like he had the idea but he just didn't have the funds he didn't have the money right and so that's why he went to levi strauss you know because he knew like this guy knows what's up right he's gonna like and so we're gonna partner together i have the idea he has the cheddar. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Let's build it together kind of thing. So. And they patented
1: it. So that rivet is patented by Levi's, which we'll get into the whole patent stuff as mm-hmm. we keep going. All right. So we talked about the crotch and all that stuff that, that's going on. In 1886, the leather patch that we see today on Levi's was created. It was added to the back of these work pants. So they're not called jeans yet. They're called They're still work pants or trousers. They're not... Mm-hmm. What we know them as today. And it is the image that we see today with two horses and then a pair of these work pants, Levi work pants being basically ripped apart in the middle, yep. which so, has yeah. a really negative connotation because I think of like yeah. back in the day,
0: medieval oh, times, we would put someone in the like middle ordering, people them apart the- with the horses. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's actually so from the research that I found was that those are actually supposed to be 501s. So yeah. it's like saying that they are just, they're so strong that like, even like two horses couldn't rip them apart type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why the logo is there. Cause right. it is an interesting logo.
1: Right. So 1886, we create this patch and then in, in ni- 1890, so just a few years later, we officially have the 501 gene, which at the, was still a work pant at the time. The 501 is the original Levi Strauss. Patent pant,
0: I guess. Yeah, it was like the, it's like, it's funny because it was like, that's what the pant model was known. Mm -hmm. So like every single pant, right. Had its model. And it just so happened that that like lot of pants was lot 501. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, you know, that pant that we all know and love like comes from. That's where that number comes from.
1: So unfortunately in 1902, Levi Strauss passed away, but the business didn't stop there uh levi jeans were sold only in the west coast at this time that's where he was located i mean this is not modern day where you can easily transport things right everywhere where just industry is just starting to come up but also world war one and world war two are on the horizon and levi levi's work pant jeans whatever you want to call them actually played an important part during the world wars that's what the defense workers were using. That's what they were wearing. Mm -hmm. They were rugged. They were strong. It was something that they could wear over. I think this is, I didn't mention this in the beginning. They would wear these pants over their regular pants. So the miners would have like regular trousers on and then wear the Levi work pant over it. So they wouldn't ruin their, their pants.
0: Did you, did you know that there have been people who have found Levi's in caves? Yes. And they're worth like $50,000. Like, thousands, Yeah. Like thousands and thousands of dollars. Cause the miners would just like destroy these pants mm. and they would just be like, all right, I don't need these anymore. I'm not going to take them. So they would just leave them there. Hey it's Jen, so can crazy. you go
1: into a, a cave and, and find a pair?
0: <laughs> that would You're be really in interesting. That would be a very interesting sourcing <laughs> trip. <laughs> it would, but Levi's would buy them off of you because they want them they want them I was yeah seeing that one of their most like um coveted pair of pants is actually from a woman who like in the 1950s or whatever with her friends went on vacation and they happened to see that there was a mine there they went in and they explored it and she found a pile she said of like Denim like and it was like Levi's there and she grabbed the best pair that she could. She like wore them everything and they're like a pair that they're worth like you said like $50,000 like it's absolutely crazy. I think
1: the most expensive one that was ever sold was like forty six thousand five hundred and something. Um, but I think it's on display. I, I, Levi's, I think, uses it as inspiration, and you know they they kind of study it and all that. Yeah. but it's it's more of like a museum piece. So if you ever come across yeah. a mining work pan, I mean. Pick it up. <laughs> I don't know what
0: else to tell you. <laughs> if you find one, let us know. That's fascinating to know. me. But yeah, maybe, maybe you and I, Danielle, will do a sourcing trip out, Yeah. In out the, the desert. <laughs> <Sure>.
1: <laughs> um, but okay, so now we we know about the war and they're 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 evolving, right? Now you see them kind of integrating into the East Coast and, and it's kind of mm. migrating over. Well, this now is leading us into the 50s in in the 80s. In that time frame, Levi's blew up it blew up in so many different ways. It wasn't just for the workmen. It wasn't just for the cowboy. It was for the everyday man. Okay. This is, we're going to say it was for the man at this point Mm -hmm, in time. mm -hmm. We haven't introduced women's Levi's yet. Um, And the younger demographic was wearing them out in public and they were just wearing them as part of their attire. And this was new for Levi's. So in, in theory, the Levi's we know today is very young. But the history of Levi's is very old and vast and it's it's Americana at its core.
0: Right, right. And we'll talk um, in a little bit more details too as we're going through about talking about dating, vintage and everything, just more about the history because a lot of the history, why it's important to kind of understand this history, particularly with like, I would say 1950s and into today to present, because that is that's mostly like what you're going to be finding in thrift stores. I mean, you probably won't find a lot of 1950s, 1960s Levi's, but you never know. But anything mm-hmm. earlier than that, like that would be like the Holy grail. Like I, I don't, you know, you might find it in an estate sale, maybe an estate sale mm-hmm. or like some, in like a, a lot of people country. are doing, yes in yeah. farming countries yeah. like so if you live out in the middle of nowhere you know those like tiny tiny little thrift stores mm-hmm. or those estate sales or whatever like you might find that kind of stuff but we're going to focus on what we think you guys are going to mostly find you know like in an everyday thrift store estate sale that type of stuff and the history really goes along with helping you date yeah. these jeans mm-hmm all right. Oh,
1: sorry before we get into Levi's yes, modern it. day Levi's. I knew nothing about Levi's jeans, period, until I met Jen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew nothing. Um, we have gone sourcing together, and when um we were sourcing one day, there was a bunch of 501 vintage 501 jeans. I like blew right past them, like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not Jen was like, oh my god, this is the holy grail. What are you doing? So and funny. she swipes them all and sold them all really quickly. So um, just so you know, Jen is taking the lead on this podcast because she's a genius when it comes to Levi's, oh, but God, I do have huh? input as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Danielle. Thank you. Well, I, the way I wanted to kind of break this down is I want to talk about Levi's now yeah. and I want to talk about Levi's vintage, right? Because they are two completely separate beasts. They really are. And the reason why I think it's important for us to talk about Levi's now is because Levi's has seen this huge resurgence in mm. their brand. So for a long time now, this is going into the history. Um, Levi's in like the, I would say, did well, like Danielle said, in like the 80s kind of started slowing down in the nineties because that's when you started seeing all of that, like designer denim starting mm-hmm. to make, poke its face <laughs> in the denim industry. You know, you started seeing like Calvin Klein, like all these other brands kind of coming out, Vidal Zune Jordache, like all that kind of yeah. look and feel. Right. Um, And, you know, for a long time, Levi's didn't focus on women, you know, they had, they had women lines. They definitely did. They had women lines in the sixties and seventies. But they didn't focus on like the flattery of the body as much as like these new brands that were coming out. Then on top of that, in the early two thousands, they weren't doing as well too. They were having a lot of production issues, a lot of quality issues that were going on. um, And a lot of new designer denim was coming out. That's where like that seven for all mankind, true religion, you know, um, citizens, like all these jeans started to come into the market and eat away at Levi's um, chunk in in the denim game. That's not to say that they never stopped. They've always been there and they've always done very, very well. Um, But lately what we're seeing now is like this huge resurgence of people wanting authentic denim, people wanting that non-stretch 100% cotton denim mm-hmm. and it's like it's very different than I I would even say like it's so funny because it's like this is not Y2K right because no, <laughs> remember we not. talked about that mm-hmm.
1: but mm-hmm. this is very um prevalent in the Gen Z population they mm-hmm. have kind of brought on the vintage vintage Levi's Surge they're mm-hmm. the reason why Levi's is now focusing on creating almost like replica versions of the vintage because not everyone can come across vintage, right? Yes. And they're yes. almost
0: creating like replicas of that. Yeah. And we'll definitely, let's talk about that too because that's part of their collection series. Now, I'm going to start talking about Levi's now, you know? So like I said, lines that you're probably going to see in the thrift store and, um, you know, oh, Another side note though, that I There's wanted be to be a lot uh, of side notes. There is going to be a lot of side notes. Sorry, people. Um, at, during my research, did you know that Levi's has a secondhand page on their website on levis.com?
1: Okay. I didn't know they had a page, but I knew that they started like a group within oh, no. their, within it's, their industry where they like have, page. um, artists and stuff coming in, like people that sew and, you know, just, uh, mm-hmm. That whole group of like rehabbing, I knew that they had started that a couple of years ago, maybe oh, more than a couple of years ago, 2018-ish mm-hmm. around there. I knew that they had like uh, people coming in and
0: deconstructing
1: and gotcha. doing that. Yes, and like stuff. ripping
0: them apart yeah. and changing them I didn't them realize up. they
1: had a secondhand thing going on.
0: Oh yeah, if you go on like Levi's right now and you check on their homepage, they have a section, that says shop, custom discovered secondhand.
1: Mm. it's a
0: whole page there and they are actually um I don't know if it's a buyback I should have looked that up though for everybody but I'm sure they have a buyback but it's like a buy use instead of new and they are literally saying that they're pulling stuff or their inventory basically I don't know where they're pulling it from but their inventory is vintage I'm sure they have a lot found oh yeah and I did not see, let's see. Okay. I just found one, but like their shorts are going for like 42, Ooh, wow. 42, but that's low. Most of them I saw were like 78. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, these are just added. Oh, these are oh, like they have
1: orange tab, silver tab. Oh guys. You, if you want to, if you want to look at comps, here's a good place to go for Levi's. A
0: hundred percent. It's giving you a good idea. It gives you a good idea of what is selling because they're reselling. They're—it's so funny. They're even reselling like Seven Twenty Ones, and those. Yeah, that's I do think not, those are those are not vintage, but no. they well, actually thousands.
1: Yeah, they are early 2000s. Well, oh
0: yes, and that's the <laughs> other thing, everyone, to, to for you to know note is that when it comes to vintage clothing, it's twenty years or older.
1: Yep. So we're vintage. So right. we're vintage. One hundred percent. We are vintage.
0: So so 2002, mm-hmm. basically. Which so would make
1: anything- sense why the 700s would be on there, because that's about the time where they started. When to they kind of started, out. yeah.
0: But yeah. kind of interesting, yeah. If you want to know more, definitely check that out, because I thought that was super interesting. But, um, all right, let's get back to the lines. So, with the exception of, like, the Mile High, the Wedgie, the Ribcage, we all know those names, right? There are, th- Three main series. Now there are other series because Daniela found a 200 series. They did. Right? There are other series, but for the most part, there's going to be three. So you've got your 500 series. Everybody knows this, right? Mm-hmm. So this is going to be your classic line. It's going to consist of different interpretations or iterations of vintage styles. It's mostly going to be non-stretch, and of course, it's where the 501 sits, right? right? Then you have the 700 series. Again, I'm sure you've seen these a lot in the thrift stores. I like the 700 series personally. They're comfy. (laughs) They're super comfortable, but they are made of stretch denim. And they're designed to be a little bit more flattering, lifting the bits, right? All those little pieces that you need type of thing. So that's what that is. It's stretch denim. Then there is the 300 series. The 300 series is almost like their shaping and sculpting series where it is designed to have a little bit more stretch to it. And a lot of their jeans are very soft. Sometimes like they feel like leggings more Mm. like that. And I know that like um, this can do well sometimes in plus size because they do, they do plus size very well here. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They cut it really well and they'll even have in the 300 series, like, you know, like a tummy tucking ones or like butt lifting ones. That's kind of the stuff that you see. The only problem though, is that the resale value for the 700 and the 300 series is not that great. I saw everything from as low as $5 to 30 to to $45 for the 700 series. And it's just because they get a lot of wear, right? They really do. And like, you know, when you see denim and it's rippled, right? It's like the elastic is breaking down yeah. in the fabric. And lots of times that can happen because of overstretching or also because um, sometimes people's dryers are too hot yeah. and it actually does like it. burn a little bit of, of the plastic because the elastic is plastic, right? That's in right. your jeans. So I do want to mention the 200. Yes. Oh, so, sorry. Go
1: ahead. No, yes. no, it's okay. So these series that you're hearing, like Jenna said previously, they're, they're lots. So each gene whenever they manufactured a gene it went into a specific lot so 501s were in the 500 lot Um, same with you know the 300s well and, and 700s there used to be when when 500 existed 501 was the only gene that they made they started to make a gene in the 200 lot it was the 201 and they had denim jackets that were like two something else I can't remember what the numbers were after it and basically the way that it was described was they were the less it was the less expensive version of the mm-hmm. 501. Um different materials, a little stretchier, uh, kind of like what we see today. They basically used what they're doing today, but they did it back then as well. The material is a little different, not as rugged, more affordable for people um, because the 501 was kind of a luxury, even though it was a work pant and was a luxury for people to purchase that. Mm-hmm. Um, So they used their gold mining money and that's what they would buy. But (laughs) other people saw workmen wearing it and they wanted to be able to wear the same thing, but they couldn't afford the 501, which is where Mm -hmm. the 200 series came in. So same methodology just used 150 years ago.
0: Yeah. No, super. Like I just found this so fascinating, right? Because I'm sure everyone has seen all these numbers and they're like, what is, why do we have so many
1: numbers and then some of the numbers don't exist anymore so it's yes there's no history on them and it's like okay i guess this is vintage you know exactly
0: exactly this episode is brought to you by bumble Here is kind of where you want to focus your attention on newer Levi's. All right. Um, when it comes to newer Levi's, they do have some higher end lines and some collection series, right? So you have made and crafted. So this is going to, usually it'll actually say made and crafted on the waistband. And this brand is basically, it's like, a, it's classic styles, you know, cl- like vintage silhouettes, but using today's best materials and construction techniques. So, um, you know, I see anything from like 30 to $60. I've even seen as high as $150 when it comes to resale.
1: I think it depends on the style because I just sold a it pair of made in crafted. Let me just pull it up. I sold them yesterday. I was so excited. It was my first time finding made in crafted because I always look for that. I knew that was one of the things I should always look for. I sold them for $46, but it was not a style that warranted a lot of money. It was a skinny jean, it was an older style. Um, so this fell right in that 30 to 60 range, right? So yeah. I sold it at, I think at a price at like 60, and I got an offer. I took it nice. Um, $46. I think I paid five. So, you know, nothing, it, it was a good flip. It was a good flip, but I do know some made and crafted goes for well over a hundred. It's just the style that I had was not. It just depends on
0: the style. So some styles that they have, and sometimes most of the time they, they're not really labeled unless they're new, new attacks. Right. Yeah. But you'll have like the barrel jean. That's a high rise crop jean. That one does very well. The high rise slim fit. You know, so it's a modern skinny jeans, high-rise, crops, stretch denim. Then there's the column, which is like a dad high-rise jean with a straight fit, a full flare, right? Ultra flare jeans. And then the ones that you might've had were probably like the empire skinny jeans. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, again, it just goes with what's the trend happening in denim right now? Skinny jeans are kind of on the way out, right? And so it's like, it's all about like high-rise and like, you know, Great taper, 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 taper. tapered. (laughs) mm -hmm. So the next line in the high end and collection series is vintage collection. Okay. So this is a recreation of vintage items. So this is where you need to be careful when you are thrifting because they are reproducing 501s like they would have back in the seventies using the same techniques, but the difference is you just got to look at the inside tags and we'll go through all of that. They can still command some good money, though, definitely, Um, you know, but it's always good to know whether or not it's a vintage or a vintage reproduction.
1: I think it's important to note here, if you are someone that likes to just peruse into a Kohl's, a Burlington Coat Factory, a Macy's, whatever it is, you will see all these different Levi's that we're going to talk about and you'll see that the price is very different uh, it could be the same model, but the price is different because of the way that it is made and the material that is used. So I've come across wedgie jeans yep. that are priced at 68 and I've come across wedgie jeans that are priced at 100. Exactly. Because they're made different they feel different.
0: Exactly, exactly. So you need to know all of that. And so really with the vintage clothing, this is kind of where like the your 500 series is going to sit, right? So yeah. for average average resale price, anywhere from $35 Um, to $200. So this is where like your wedgies are going to sit. And in the wedgies, for example, a wedgie skinny right now is going for about 35, 40 bucks. Yeah, exactly. But a wedgie straight goes for more money. So it's like, so it's learning all those differences. This is where the rib cage also sits. Mm -hmm. There's crop, there's boot cut, the 501 originals, right? You've got your skinny, your cropped. Low pitch. That's a new one too. Never heard
1: of that. Low, low
0: pitch. pitch. Yeah, and it's a low pitch straight, and I think they had a low pitch boot cut, and
1: mm.
0: hopefully, I'm not saying this wrong, but I believe it's because it's their new low rise. Oh gross. Yeah, I think so. I, I'll have to look <laughs> Sorry, that up guys. and make sure. But it makes sense. Low pitch, low rise. Mm-hmm. I, get mm-hmm. it. I, get it. I could be wrong though. Don't quote me on that one. There's the seventies high rise just sold.
1: One of those sold for $85. That's a really Found good a tag. And I was like, you are coming home with me.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 And then there's the high and loose, right? So yeah, which favorite. is the flare and the tapered mm-hmm. love the high loose um, tapered and you're going to see all of these. Most of them are not going to have like that number That's it's just going to be, um, with the cream yes. background and the white writing, it's yes. just going to be on it. And that's it. The high loose uh-huh. paper, the high loose wide leg, the high loose utility, those three sell the best for me. It's they just looking, look, people. look for high loose. And then it'll be like, that's the cut. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like high loose. Like Danielle said, flare high loose taper high loose utility so it's just like that's just the cut and these mostly the um the rise too right Mm -hmm. but then it's like the flare obviously the flare one the tapered is the tapered one right I added one in here the balloon jean I know I know the balloon jean which
1: I don't it doesn't look good on me but the people that can rock it The balloon jean is big, whether it's Levi's, Madewell, I don't care what brand it is. The balloon jean is something that people are looking for.
0: Yes. No, I'm so glad that you put it on there. I actually put that on Notable Mention because I wasn't 100% sure if that's part of their vintage collection. Um, I don't think it's part of their vintage collection. I think it's a modern
1: one using the vintage-inspired look.
0: Yes. But Daniela is right. That anywhere from 30 to $60, 30 on the low end. Right. I would not sell that for 30. So that's (laughs) an easy 50 bucks. Yeah. And then of course, um, within this line, you know, you've got your jackets. Don't forget your jackets. I know we're focused so much on jeans, but you've got like that trucker jacket, the trucker, the the original trucker jacket, you can get it original or Sherpa lined. And then the boyfriend jacket as well, too. Those are two really great jackets to look out for. And then, of course, just the dad jean. They have the dad jean that's out there. I don't see that one as much, but. I've sold dad jean twice, sold really quickly. <laughs> and I've sold, they also make
1: a mom jean. Not You can't find it as frequently, Yeah. Um, but they do make a mom jean. Also sells, but the dad jean, I think I came across two or three of them at one point. Uh, retail arbitrage and they Mm -hmm. sold within maybe two weeks of listing yeah again balloon jean i feel like balloon jean dad jean and mom jean kind of all fall in the same category the
0: silhouette's very similar yeah with them i would agree i would agree yeah danielle's got the spot guys so (laughs) well anyways if you um, go searching
1: you'll find things
0: you have to go searching that's all it is that's all it is i mean levi's is all over the place right so it's like you can find it in pretty pretty much anywhere, you know, it just depends, of course, on the style, right? That you want. So another thing that you want to kind of also keep your eyes peeled are collabs. So they're constantly having collaborations with other brands, other designers. Some of these can mean really big money. I'm not going to go over all the collabs because there's always so many. So my recommendation is just, you see anything unique in Levi's, even if it's homemade, even if it's like, looks like somebody who like, put on a bunch of cool embellishments or whatever, I would definitely say that it's worth looking it up or just taking it home. Cause people love Levi's so much that people like even love homemade projects too when it comes to Levi's. So collabs are always really good. Like right now, one of their collaborations that they're doing is with the Simpsons. Really? So it's like, yeah. So it's like a a jean jacket with like Bart Simpson painted on the back, you know? So, (laughs) but those can go for a lot of money. And then some notable mentions. Um, you know, like we talked about, the mile high skinny doesn't really necessarily, it's like, again, like kind of like that balloon gene, it, it, it doesn't really. F- fit in the vintage collection but it is a gene that people are looking for it is the last skinny gene i would say that people are looking for mm-hmm. is the mile high skinny because it is the one with the ultra ultra high rise on there um but again they vary from like 15 to 45 dollars i would say if you get them new with tags closer to the 40 bucks yeah and then there is a new one which i really like i might get myself a pair it's called yeah, the mile favorite. High tag Yeah. with and they have a cropped version which i love cropped because i'm short and cropped always fits me normal (laughs) and those Um, anywhere from 30 to 60.
1: I have sold the mile high wide leg. I will say that's definitely the more popular one, especially the cropped one. Um, It gives the same appeal of like a 501. But it's cropped, it's a little more modern, doesn't have, and it has a little stretch to it. They, and they also have um, a wider variety of sizes. So it's a little yeah. more inclusive. I would yeah. say the mile high in general, and I think mile high, mile high, wedgie, um, and there's another one. I can't think of the name of it, but they're a little more uh, size inclusive. Yes. Where, Rib cage is not size inclusive nope. 501 is it can be size inclusive but the sizing is completely off because I could tell you from personal experience I don't fit in yeah, you don't a 14 like or 16 ones. I also don't fit in 18 or 20 I'm like all over the place in it it's very strange they mm-hmm. don't fit me correctly so if yeah. they fit you great I wish they made a rib cage they do have some rib cages in plus size but um, it, they usually sell out really quickly and they don't reproduce them as often as they do regular sizing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you know, it's something to note too, like, and I can talk about this more later about, cause I want to talk also about like how to size your vintage jeans, how like how to measure them and how to figure out if you're interested in wearing vintage jeans, like how do you measure yourself? You know, kind of thing, because mm-hmm. the thing about non-stretch denim, right? What's tough about non-stretch denim is that it doesn't stretch So what it means is that you basically, you have to break in the jeans, the owner has to break in the jeans. So what can happen is that, like, for example, I have a pair of Levi's 501s that I love that I got from Daniela, And I wore them um, kind of right after I had Ellie, and now Mm -hmm. they don't fit anymore, because they tailor to what your body is. So if you Mm -hmm. lose weight, you might not fit in your size your normal size that you normally right. are you know and so it's actually a recommendation to go a size down in non-stretch mm-hmm. denim cuz then you can stretch it to what you need it to be and not overstretch it if that makes yeah, sense
1: that does make sense yeah i just um you know the, there's a lot of denim out there now right and i oh, yeah. think levi's is working on it but they definitely are behind when it comes to being more inclusive, especially because they're so well known, so well constructed. I'm not going to lie. I get jealous sometimes when people talk about their rib cages, those different things. I'm like, mm, they just don't fit my body correctly, or they don't make my size in this because they just don't yet. And maybe right. it'll change with time, right. but I just, um, I, I'm hopeful because I do have plus sizes that eventually that they'll kind of break that mold a little bit because right yeah. now good american and Madewell are kind of an the everlane part. they don't go super plus size but between those three like if you have a curvy body you kind of sit in that your plus size but you're not plus size range like me where you're like in the middle it's like sometimes you are plus size and sometimes you're not you're you're you know a standard size mm-hmm. um not all brands are there yet so yeah yeah Note on that but there are two diffusion lines that we didn't talk about
0: There are. So there are two diffusion lines that I would just say, leave them be, don't pick them up. You know, I mean,
1: obviously. Buy them for
0: yourself if you want. Yeah. I was like, if you want them for yourself, buy them for yourself, right? Of course. But if we're talking reselling wise, so there's two lines specifically that I can, that I recall is signature by Levi's. Anytime you see the signature on either the leather tag or anywhere it says signature, that's going to be a diffusion line. So that is going to be found at like big box retailers, right? Or big discount retailers. So that's found at Target, Kohl's, Walmart. Again, I wouldn't personally pick it up because new they're selling from as low as $20 to maybe as high as 50, but I don't really see them as at 50.
1: No, I feel like it's like a 49.95 Thirty-five, ninety-five, kind of thing, right? Right.
0: And I've even seen them as low at Walmart, you know, online on walmart.com for $20. Yeah, which makes because they're buying in so, bulk. So yeah, exactly. And then there's that Denz, Denzen. Denzen. I don't, I Denizen. Denizen. Every time
1: I see it, I'm like, I don't know how to say you, but. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've seen
0: it. You've seen it. But basically, again, found at discount retailers, Um, it's supposed to be like they're more like stylish line. You know what I mean? Mm. When it comes to like budget friendly and, and also pants, it's also pants too. So like cargo pants, dress pants, that's their whole thing. Again, I would not pick it up to resell. It doesn't tend to hold up very well. Um, You know, like a lot of people say that, you know, you wash it a few times. It's kind of like a fast fashion line, if, if, if you will Mm. Um, it breaks down. So that's why there's not really a high demand for, for that. So
1: you could probably still sell it if you find it at the bins and, like, you know, it's something you come across often. If you're paying a dollar, dollar fifty, yeah. then flip it for twenty, twenty five, you know?
0: Why not? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, the last thing, though, that we want to talk about before we go into vintage is this is going to be our shameless plug for our Patreon group. Just
1: so you guys know, so you know. Um, we are going to break down the 700s, the 300s, the 500s in more detail as bonus content for our Patreons this month. Um, we've, Jen has put in a ton of research on this, uh, and we really want to provide our members with, you know, little extra when it comes to this as well so if you would like to sign up for our patreon group and you want to join our community over there please click the link that's going to be in the show notes join our our little group we have a great great group of people in there and um and i'm sure some of them are more knowledgeable than we are when it comes to this stuff we have a lot of vintage sellers so it'll be a great conversation starter um to to put that out there and then probably talk about it in our monthly zoom call that we have every month as well yeah so shameless plug Join a Patreon. We would love to have you there. <laughs> we absolutely $5 a would. Month. $5 a month. Yep.
0: <laughs> you get a lot for that $5, I have to yes, say. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. So vintage. Let's talk about vintage. So like we said, vintage in the clothing industry is generally 20 years or older. So 2002. Anything that's 2002 is now considered vintage, right? So I do want to put in a disclaimer here for everybody. So I just want you guys to note that all of this information that we're going to be sharing with you is not based on facts, but research that was carried out by myself, by Daniela using information from other collectors, pickers, and fans of the brand. This is stuff that we've collectively, or that I've collectively have found out from other people, like I said, or the research that I have done myself on Levi's, um, As you know, there's always going to be room for interpretation. Levi's is a very complicated brand too. They come out with so many different variations and so many different things. And with 150 years of experience, and particularly the fact that I'm actually not a vintage seller, believe it or not. um, This is just something that I don't know why I got really, really into vintage denim, but mostly focused on Levi's because I just really liked Levi's. So a lot of it is I'm just a hobby vintage Denim seller. I'm not a denim head. How dare you (laughs) hobbyist. I am a Um, hobbyist. (laughs) I want to mention two things
1: before we go into dating jeans. The first thing is Levi's has like an athletic wear line. They have a shoe line. Like we are just focusing on denim, really the thing that, um, most people know Levi's by, but they sell all different kinds of categories and they sell for kids and women's. And there's a lot that goes into Levi's. So, this is just denim. And the yes. second thing that we're going we're gonna to start talking about like stitching and rivets and all that kind of stuff. And We didn't mention it in the history, but um, Levi's at one point in time had a fire in their warehouse. So all the information, all of the, the, the data that they had collected, all of the patterns that they had were destroyed in this mm-hmm. fire and they, they had to rebuild so while we're going through vintage and everything keep that in mind as as we're discussing all of this.
0: Absolutely. So let's start with kind of like dating your jeans, right? Cuz I didn't know when I first heard that you could date your jeans. And I didn't know was,
1: that. It is not I don't mean, want to say it's not difficult to date because it can be difficult, but they have little hints. There's on, little hints on their exactly. clothing that can help exactly. you date your items. At least get a roundabout idea of where Exactly.
0: Them. Just to give you kind of an idea of like where these what Era or what you know, maybe decade that these mm-hmm. genes come from. Now, there's two things that I want you guys to to also take in taken with a grain of salt. One, like I said, there's a hundred different ways. There's so there's so many different ways to date your genes. Um, I don't want to overwhelm you guys, number one, and I also don't want to turn this into a three hour podcast.
1: <laughs> Although some of you guys would like that because we yeah. hear that when it's an hour or longer, you get really excited. <laughs> a lot of recording for Jen and I, we love to record for you guys, but three hours all at once is a lot,
0: kind of a lot, exactly. So, the best thing I want to do is kind of give you guys a summary of what you should look for and give you a general idea of the date, and then you're going to want to go home if you feel like you've got this really amazing pair and like you should go home and do more research. I highly encourage it because there's going to be a lot within your specific gene that you might need to also look at to date even more specifically and whether or not that is a big bolo or a big, you know what I mean? a, a you big. Can, and
1: you can ask for more, or maybe you're asking too much. I think exactly. this is like, it keeps you in check because exactly. not all vintage is going to be worth the same amount, which if you go on that Levi's page, you'll see that not all the vintage is going for a hundred. Some of it's only going for 50 or 60. So Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, so When it comes to dating your Levi's, there are some things that you need to focus on, right? So basically for our sanity and for it not to be a super long podcast, I'm just going to really focus on like, I don't want to go any earlier than like 19, like we said, 1950s, 1960s, okay? Because anything like we said earlier than that, it'll be pretty rare to find, but we already told you where to go and find it. Middle of nowhere, stay (laughs) sale. In a mine, have fun. (laughs) Or go to a mine. (laughs) So things that you want to focus are stitching, the rivets and the buttons, the inside tags. So size tags, care tags, that kind of stuff is what I mean. The leather patch and the red tab or the tab in the back too. Mm -hmm. So I feel the most comfortable myself talking about rivets, the tags and the tabs. There are definitely ways that you can date the leather patch, but I generally don't use the leather patch as much when I'm out and about. But again, there's tons of information that you can use. And the same thing with the stitching. So the only thing with the stitching that I know of is that whenever I, and Danielle and I actually both have pairs of Levi's jeans here, because yes. I can thought we it tell would them be what we have?
1: I have a ribcage straight, new tags. It's part of the Wellthread collection. It's a newer style and the patch is not leather. So <laughs> it's a cloth <laughs> Levi's
0: patch. Very nice. And I have a pair of newer 501 jeans that are part of the Levi's premium collection. I wanted to say something about the patch and I'm glad we're not talking about it
1: because the leather Mm -hmm. patch confuses me. It does because sometimes I think it's vintage and then I look at it and like, I actually look at the jean, like not just the patch and it's Mm -hmm. not vintage.
0: Yeah. It can be very confusing because when you look at, like, if you look at your patch right now that you see, when you're looking in here, there's going to be different indicators on what the years are. Right. So like, for example, mine has like the double X on it. Like that means something, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like what, what it actually says on here means something like the stamps, everything can mean different things. And it really goes into a lot of details. And I just felt like that was going to be incredibly confusing. And I know it's confusing for me when I'm in the thrift store. So I like to, like I said, focus on the rivets, the inside tags and the tabs. And I'm also thinking for your time too, right. You're not going to be sitting there for like 20, 30 minutes. You could be, you could but be. most of us don't have that time. Yeah. We're just like, these are cool. I'm gonna take them home. Right. That's generally how I think that that's what most of our listeners do when they're outsourcing. I you know. Agree. Yeah. I agree. So basically with the stitching though, the one thing that I always like to double check when it comes to um to stitching is that I'll open up the the inside. And look at the pant leg. and I like to see if it's made out of that salvage denim. I have yet to find salvage denim yeah. jeans. It is on
1: my list of things if you don't know what salvage denim is or like so when you like Jen is saying you open up the
0: inside and mm-hmm. the seam is almost like a oh, how would it's, you like a right? it's like a white yeah. stripe. it's like a white stripe. Yeah. And then sometimes there is red lines and people go into details about the red lines also, yeah. you know, like depending on the thread color too, that's on the inside. If it's yellow, if it's white, again, like it's just a lot of information and I don't really use it to date selvage? it.
1: Hold on. You guys can't see this, but
0: okay. Hold
1: on. See how the seam kind of comes up mm-hmm. like this? That's it's not salvage
0: though. No, it's not. It's a, it's literally like a white stripe in the middle Got it. and it has something to do. I should, I was going to put a definition on what that is, but it's basically like where it's how they cut the denim. That makes sense. It's probably a premium cut. That makes sense. It's a premium cut. Exactly. So anytime you can find salvaged denim, it's definitely no matter what the tags look like, definitely take a look at them and and pick them up because those are always way more in high demand. And like you said, it's, it's, it's a more premium cut of Mm. the denim. Okay. So. Now let's talk about things that I personally know about. So quickly, as you're going through the thrift store, right? You've got a whole bunch of stuff and you've only got 20 minutes until you got to pick up your kids kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first Just things that about I'm, her real at, life. I'm talking about my <laughs> real life is the rivets and the buttons, but you want to focus mostly on the back of the buttons. And I don't like to focus too much on the rivets myself, but like the back of that top button. So you're going to see the top button of your jeans, Daniela? Yes, I'm looking. So you look in the back, there should be a number. Yes. There should be a number there. Yes. I have number 4433. Okay. 4433. So that is the factory. That that is the (laughs) factory number. Okay. Of where the jeans were made. Okay. So you can actually use this number to even authenticate your jeans too. Because believe it or not, there are fake Levi's out there. I'm sorry. They make dupes of Levi's. They do. Yeah. Mostly from vintage, you know, but Same. they do make fake Levi's, which is pretty crazy, That's but insane. yeah, it's absolutely insane. But this is actually a number that you can find in your care tag too. So if you look at the care tag that you like have, homework. Jen is putting me to work. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm at the care tag. Right. And you go in the care oh, tag. four four three three. I see yep. it. So that's also another way that you can authenticate your jeans because those two things should match up. And that's the factory number. Mm -hmm. So the reason why that's really interesting and why you want to know is there's a couple of things that you want to think about when you see these factory numbers. One is that older styles are going to have two or three digit factory numbers. Makes sense. Right? So the like the ones that like mine here say five, zero, nine, six, so I know that's like a four digit code. So it was a factory that was opened up later. Gotcha. Okay. So there's also going to be some that have letters and that'll indicate country code. So like T hey. is Taiwan. Hey. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. V is like Vietnam or something, but you actually can Google all of this. So if you're like in the store and you're like, well, what's this factory? You can actually Google, um, just Google Levi's factory numbers. And there's actually like, Um, charts out there that you can look and see, because mostly what you want to look for, like I said, is single digit. You want to look for 500, 643, 653, 777. And then there's two other ones, which are 4170 and 4420. This means they were made in the USA
1: because they were made in
0: USA factories.
1: So my jeans were not made in the USA, which makes sense because on the tag, it says it was made in China.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And the reason why you want, like why this is helpful too, for you, because a lot of times those tags are ripped out with vintage.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I have a pair actually that I had to measure out and kind of guesstimate the size because there's no indicator whatsoever of what the sizing is or anything. But now that I know this information, I'm going to go and pull those out later. And (laughs) I want to check and see, you know, I want to, I want to see where it falls within, um,
0: Exactly. This
1: information.
0: And like I said, like I think that the five hundred series, there's like there is one factory. I think it's like factory five five five, and that was like their Valencia, like California um, factory. And that, like I know, people are sometimes look for specifically that factory. So a big thing is made in the USA, right? Everybody yeah. likes made in the USA. So that's also a way for you to figure out. Were your jeans made in the usa so um i really like to look at this because this is a really quick fast thing to look at and again you can tell if your stuff is a little bit older and vintage if the numbers are there are some single digits even out there too that's wild yeah that's wild but single double and triple digits are always really good to find
1: interesting i have a question
0: yes before
1: we get into the inside tags why is it in the 500 collection that there are some numbers that like there's 500 collections that maybe there's only like one or two out there in the world, like a 586 or like, you know, something random like that. Why Mm -hmm. does that exist? And why, like, is it just maybe a lot
0: that they created? They just didn't produce much of and it's. It could be, it could be, they do that a lot. They'll send like, um, they actually have this thing where they, uh, like we we're going to talk about that later about the big e. Yeah. Right? And about like um they created like for like the some anniversary of it or whatever, they created the golden ticket jeans where there's <laughs> only like five jeans out there wow. where the actual like tab is a little gold ticket. Oh. And you know, they just do like different fun things or maybe like you said it's like a lot that I don't know, you know, that, that could have been produce not produced well or didn't or something. something, but whenever you do see that, Google it, look it up. Definitely. It's something worth to look at because like I said, within the 150 years, there's so many iterations and so much variation. Um, and I'm sure there's people out there that know that answer. I don't personally know that well, one
1: just curious. yet, it's one of those but things. it is,
0: it's, it is interesting. Cause you're right. When you see Levi's, that's why we're doing this episode. It can be very confusing because there's so mm-hmm. many different things, right? Mm-hmm. But these are going to be like the basic things that, if you see this, might be worth a, a like a little bit of a deeper dive for you, right?
1: Yes.
0: So for the inside tags, yes. right? What I want you guys to know, this is part of the Levi's history: is that Levi's closed their last U.S. factory, and I couldn't confirm this, but it was in the early 2000s. So it was, I heard, 2002, so. 2000. For whatever. Yeah. But that was the last factory. And I think it was their San Antonio factory. They tried to stay in the U.S. for as long as they could because being American made really meant a lot for them. But obviously they couldn't compete, right? And so they had to move everything overseas. However, they did start overseas productions in the early or the late 80s, early 90s. So sometimes like you'll, you'll find like um, made in Mexico or something, you know, like I find I have found those jeans. Um, but if you see made in the USA, you should automatically know that your genes are going to be from early 2000s or older. Right. So that's always a good sign. Made in, I mean, just like with coach, coach would be a good one for us.
1: To mm, go over. Bonnie Cashin, know. we could talk all mm-hmm.
0: about Bonnie mm-hmm. Cashin, but basically made in the USA is always really good. People are always looking for that. Another thing too is care labels, right? So care labels were actually not enforced by the U.S. law until 1971. So wash instructions, right, were, were added on there within that timeframe. So if you get a pair of jeans that don't have like how to take care of them and like, and how to wash them or anything, um, they could be from 1971 or older.
1: The pair that I have do not have wash instructions in them. See, That's interesting.
0: That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, we'll yeah, have to look and see what out now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like about the wash instructions, right? It might yeah. tell you, like, yeah, it, you might have a label in there, but yeah, I think there's a yeah. small label and it has numbers on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it'll probably have size. like, but it'll probably have like the lot number, the yeah. factory number. So we can definitely take a look at those though at some point too. Hmm. Maybe for oh. the
1: bonus content, I'll whip those. They're somewhere in inventory. Yeah, that would be that right a good
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, let's start with what we, the tags now and let's go, then we'll go back. How does that sound? Okay, okay. sounds good. So stuff that's not vintage, how to know that they're not vintage because that's really important too. So the newer styles are going to look like this, like a nylon. I say like this, like you guys can see me. Yeah. So they're like a, long they're a piece of paper. <laughs> it's a long ribbon tag. They're called ribbon tags, right? So they're multiple nylon tags. And I think it's like four tags that are on here. Just tons of information, different Does languages. The water
1: thing on there, made from water, whatever. You know how they have that tag in their jeans. Uh, where it talks about yeah. how they're trying to save water, save the planet. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. If it has a website too, it's not vintage. It's probably not going to be vintage, um, but you know, this is that. That's the newest tag that you're going to see, and it's usually in the front uh, right um, of the waistband, and so that will have all that information on there. Now, my care tag is cotton hemp
1: because the well thread collection is only mm-hmm. is. Um, It's like an ode to the original, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. utility style pant. And um, it's made out of cotton and hemp. So everything about my pant, that's why I don't have a leather patch either. It's made to be the most sustainable and organic. That makes sense. That makes sense.
0: so So the next tag was there was an early, there is an early, um, 2000 tags that's also like a white ribbon but it's it's only singular white ribbon and it's usually in the back of the um mm-hmm. waistband too um that usually says we'll have a website on there too levi's.com again even if they are vintage like say they're 2001 2000 they are not desirable vintage at all. (laughs) So people are not really looking for those. Again, this is kind of when like Levi's was having like production issues. So people just really weren't interested in Levi's at this time. So the design, the style, the cut, everything else, it's not really that big. Um, But, you know, when it comes to these new jeans that you have here, right? If you go to the third tag within the nylon tags, okay? I don't have a third
1: one. I have I only have two. But what does yours say? It looks like oh, hold on.
0: It has like the waist.
1: Okay. That's that's my first tab on this
0: one. This one's probably made a little differently, which is why. And that's the thing. They're all and here we go. This is why we're going over this. (laughs) Exactly. So when you look in here, if you can find a number that says CW. Mm,
1: Yes, CW0320.
0: Yeah. So that. I believe don't quote me on this means cut week. It's when oh. the gene was cut, cut March it, 20. There you go. Mm-hmm. So it will be a four digit number and it'll be the month and the year that it was cut. So these genes that I have are, um, 1020. So they were cut in October, 2020. My genes are older than yours. Look at that. That's interesting. <laughs> Not by much. the big brother
1: to your genes,
0: but, but, you know, I have seen other ones where it's a little bit confusing. I've seen three digit codes. We'll talk about those, but for the most part, um, the last two digits are always going to be the year. So sometimes like I'll see things where I, well, I actually saw one that had like, like a bunch of numbers in the front of it. It was really weird, but the last two usually is the year. So at least you'll get an idea what the year is. All right. So those are like the not vintage kind of styles. Then the next one that you have, they call it the bat black bat wing tag. Okay. So I know I should have had pictures for okay. too to kind that's of look okay. at. Okay, I'm
1: just following Jen's lead here. I don't know what she's talking about, but that's okay. So the, the,
0: the black, black bat wing. Bat wing yes. It's and so twister. it is, I know. Oh my gosh. But that was like, 90s early 2000s when they stopped using that care tag and that's like that little paper tag that you see that's like really tiny and it's got the levi's logo yeah so the levi's logo some people they call it a batwing because it kind of looks like a batwing
1: oh yeah it's like batman i got it does that
0: make sense yeah so um the black writing ones those ones also have date codes but in order to see those date codes, you have to flip it on the um, back side of it. And yep. usually near the bottom, yep. you'll see a four digit code there. Yep. Again, the first two numbers will be the month. The second two numbers will be the year. Um, but again, they do have reproductions of all of these um, like vintage styles where we talked about that vintage yep. collection. So the way that you can tell, even if you're like, wow, this denim feels vintage, just feels old. It feels like something that, like is really unique or whatever. And maybe it is, but if it has these, the ribbon, ribbon mm-hmm. tags, these nylon tags, it's not, it's a reproduction. So be really careful with that. All right. Makes now, sense. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Next is the red bat wing tag. So same thing, the logo of Levi's, but the writing is in red. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of little paper tag. I've too. never come across that. Mm-hmm. And so that one is like, Mid 90s to like it said, like late 80s, it's kind of like in the 80s and 90s, and then it's like in between. And then after that, um, the red tag actually did get um, it got replaced by the black wing tab, right? Except for the 501s. So the 501s, they did produce a newer tag, and it was like it's like a cloth looking tag, and it actually kind of a I'll show you this. If you go down the leg of your a lot of your jeans, you'll have this other tag right here. Oh, down the leg, man. Mm-hmm. Well, these aren't five hundred
1: ones, so this won't have. Yeah, so
0: that probably won't have them. No, it doesn't have. But it. a lot of the five hundred ones, yeah, like and sometimes if you find tags going down the leg, you can get more information off of that as well. Okay. But um, there's sometimes there's like for the five hundred ones, there'll be like a really thick cloth looking tag and it'll, you know, say made in the USA. So that's also like, again, like it lasts that lasted until like the early two thousands that they were doing that. So, um, then if you look at early eighties, it'll just be the care tag. It's just going to be a large white care tag with the early eighties. Again, you can date those two. That'll have the lot number, the factory number, and you'll be able, then if you can find those numbers within there, you'll find the date code on there. Okay. And then anything that's a really small white care tag. Again, there's really nothing to it. There's no logo or anything on it. There might not be even a size on it. You know, that'll be like 1984 to like 1967. So it's what I have. That's the one that I have. So that's interesting. I need to look this up. I could have a
1: gold mine on my- You could,
0: you absolutely could. I don't don't even know. Who knows?
1: So the numbers-
0: So the numbers are all mostly on the back of these care tags. Like I said, you're always going to see the factory number and you can confirm the factory number by looking at the back of the rivets or rivets or buttons, right? Most of the time you want to look at the button, buddy. What? Okay. And, um, let's see. And then also, you know, you'll see the lot number too. So like you'll see the number 501 if you have 501. So you'll know that the lot, lot number that's easy to find. And then of course the date codes, right? So you've got, um, two digit, three digit and four digit versions of that. So for example, you could have something that says, um, two, three or something as a date code, or you could have something that says, um, 10, seven. Now it could be a little tricky because sometimes you'll be like, okay, so the first one is the month, but then how do I figure out the year of that? So like, I'll take the 10, seven, for example. So, you know, it was cut in the 10th month, but sometimes you'll be like, well, what does seven mean? Could that mean, um, 1967, 1977, 1987. Well, that's where you'll have to go through and look at other indicators in your genes to give you a better idea of what decade your gene is from. So for example, if you see 107, right. Um, and I actually got this example from a YouTuber, cause I thought this was really helpful on how to explain this. Cause it's a little tricky. YouTube is great. YouTube is absolutely amazing. But when you see the care tag, and if the care tag, let's say had the red bat wing, like the right red lettering, then, you know, because we talked about that, that was, that was produced that red bat wing from like 1987 to mid nineties. So, you know, okay, my pair was probably made in 1987 then, for example, you know, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, if it's just like a plain white tag and you see the number like 1070, then you'll know. Oh, more than likely, it's the 10th month and it was cut in 1977. Makes
1: sense. So, one pair of Levi's that I have, I'm looking at my postmark closet right now, is a 550, but it has the black bat wing, Mm -hmm. um, and the and the little small. It's still a little small tag, but it and it. But there's a bunch of information on it. It says 100% cotton, assembled in Guatemala. 550 relaxed fit tapered leg 12 regular m
0: what does the m stand for i don't know i will have to look that up it must be I something i don't know about, what that oh, stands for 12 that's, regular m right yes it's regular so m i
1: don't
0: know so that's one pair that i have But, like, see, with what you just said, it's the black black batwing made in Guatemala. So, you know, that it's probably early 2000s. Those are early 2000s. That's exactly
1: right. Yep. That's early 2000s one. Mm -hmm. And the other, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and go through all my Levi's, but there's another one that's vintage.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, like, you can see like how if we just talk, I have have this price
1: too high, is basically what my hypothesis is on this. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I have a price too high. Same with, I have a pair of 521s Mm -hmm. also priced too high because it is the same exact tag.
0: Yeah. So that means, you know, like you said, if it's a black Mm batwing tag in general, it's going to be probably, it's early 2000s more than likely. Uh, So it's like early 2000s to like uh, mid nineties or something. So would we price this at 50? well, it depends on what the cut is. What's the cut?
1: It is a, so we have two. One is a um, tapered fit, tapered leg, 521. So it's one of those random ones, mm-hmm. 100% cotton. Um, So it's supposed to be, okay. It says 521. It's a typo. It's supposed to be 512 because the outside tag says 512, the leather patch. Oh, so you
0: you put in the typo?
1: No, it's, the actual gene itself leather patch says 512 oh, but the inside is so 521
0: interesting i would look i would look that up i'd be curious about that oh, I've it never should seen be it. a
1: 512
0: that's interesting hold on
1: interior tags say it's 521 however exterior tags say it's 512 after further review there are 521 which apparently are more rare but they're made in the early 2000 2000- guys this is why levi's is so confusing
0: Mm-hmm. how do you
1: price this shit
0: well it's it's really tough because when you look at like some 512s right for vintage it's like they're going for 117 150 so I have mine
1: priced at 100 dollars. so I feel like that's fair but then it's hard for me to state my case because Levi's messed up and has two different numbers
0: well, I actually would look up that and see like is that something desirable? Is that something that you have to cuz cause cuz cause, you know sometimes like goof ups yeah can be a lot of money. Maybe. But no. I don't know that
1: one the same price, but the other one that we have clarified the 550 relaxed fit tapered leg that has the regular M on it mm-hmm. um is from the early 2000s. I have it priced at 80, which is obviously too high, so we should probably today's closet clear out, so we're going to edit the listing and we're going to price it down to 65, 60.
0: I would say, yeah, I would say like 60. I think that that would be good. And then
1: let's test this and see if it sells on closet clear out for let's $60. See. Okay, yeah. moving
0: on. Yeah, because like, um, you know, and, and it's like, sometimes you can't, you can't base everything on the comps because sometimes people just don't don't know what they have, you it's know, true. but it's like, I would say probably for those, yeah, I'd probably would say about 60 bucks. You should be able to get, get for those ones Mm -hmm. but like see like just knowing like those clear quick things about like the red tag means this like I know that the red tag like or like the ribbon tags came is is new the black wing tag is like kind of new it's just becoming vintage the red is older than the black and then no writing is really good right no writing nothing um meaning no like bat wing On there is means it's it's a lot older, and that's where you could probably command a higher price.
1: Anyway, I segue
0: and I and I interrupted Jen, but I had to look. That's okay. No, but now isn't it nice that you like? No, like yes. Now I understand it. it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now I understand it. So the last thing that I kind of look at here too, guys, are the tabs. I love looking at the tabs. So when I mean the tabs, I'm talking about that little red tab that sticks out of the pocket in the back, right? So let's talk about all the different colors. Cause there's a lot of different color tabs out there and I'm not, again, not going to be able to go over all of them because there's so many, but I'm going to talk about a few things that I think that you might find and what they kind of mean. So let's start with the red tab, right? So the tab itself was introduced in 1936. Right. It was like their way to like kind of like differentiate themselves from their competitors. Um, I think it's like a sales manager came up with the idea of like having a pop of red against the blue would be really cool to see. Red, and white, they, and blue. yep. And they love that idea. So they kind of ran with it. So. When you're looking at the tabs and you find a pair of Levi's with a red tab that only has the spell out writing on one side, that's a really good sign. And you might want to pick that up because those are older. Those could be from like 1950s or older because they only started doing that on both sides after that date. So it's kind of interesting. Now, the big E craze, I'm sure you as a reseller have heard about Levi's, the big E, the big E, right? So meaning that when you look at Levi's, most Levi's today have the lowercase e. um, Whereas the big E, people generally say, well, that means that it's vintage, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. Again, I have a pair of 501s that we just confirmed that were made in 2020 Mm -hmm. and they have the big E in it. So it's like people mm-hmm. could get confused and say, Oh my God, this is like the big E. It's like, no, 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 that's not the right big E. So that's why it's confusing. But the way that I would tell, like, oh wait, these aren't vintage because of the ribbon tags. So it's like, you th- that's why I like to look, like I guess, at the rivets, the tag, and the tabs, right? is a word i like to use for this and it's called
1: deduce <laughs> you need to deduce the yes. evidence you need to deduce what you have in front
0: of you exactly so and that conclusion oh my god exactly so that big e craze, that whole big e thing it started in 1936 right and it ended they stopped using the big e in like 1969 1971 that's okay. when they stopped and they then started moving over to that little e for most of their stuff. So that could also be a quick way for you to date things too, right? Sometimes I do that as well. Um, and again, does it mean that they can go for a lot of money? Yes and no. You've just got to do your research, but it's worth picking. But I think it could be worth picking up. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And then the last tip that I do want to say is that um, sometimes, and I've seen this, I'm sure you've seen this, Aniela, sometimes you'll find a red tab and it doesn't have the spell out. It'll just have the, um, the registered Mm -hmm. like symbol on it. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't mean they're fake. Some people think it means they're fake and, but it doesn't mean that they're like unique or anything. And I couldn't confirm this, but I've heard it's either like one in every hundred pair or one in every 10 pair will have no spell out. Um, and this is because, so they're not rare, you know, so there's no reason for you to pick them up or anything. It's just a way for them to legally protect themselves for that registered trademark because they got screwed over basically by losing their patent and their trademarks with the rivets. They're really protective of this. So they're always making sure it's like a way for like the, I don't know legally why, but like, it's just a way for them to legally protect themselves so that they can keep that registered trademark.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So other tabs that you kind of can find out there, um, there's blue tab there. It's not found very often. It was like a Levi's for men's line. You might see that. Um, It's a little rare, but it's not in high demand. So again, could be worth looking up, but the cuts and everything weren't really popular or what people are looking for today white tab could go for good money. Um, so white tab was introduced in like the 1960s, 1970s, but you can also find these on non-denim items though, too. So, um, like corduroy pants are still used today with white tab. So again, if you see modern, the modern tags, and then you see white tab, that just doesn't mean anything, you know, but if you find, um, some, something that like is checking all your vintage check marks and sometimes it actually was on the back pocket it would say Levi's for gals or the gals collection it's where they started doing like stuff for girls Mm -hmm. and it was more of like an Ivy League preppy look okay so now not cowboy like the men's yeah no not cowboy exactly Orange tab. Everybody goes crazy over the orange tab. I've found it three times. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's obsessed with it. It's, it's really funny. I was listening to this other podcast with these two vintage sellers and they, they, they kind of said that the orange tab is like, uh, like something everybody knows. It's like, they're like, like, you know, that like single stitch t-shirts right. are good everyone's right, like right. Oh, orange tab is vintage right yeah. Yeah. but not necessarily so the orange tab has been introduced many different times right um one the first time was kind of in the 1970s and this was like Levi's attempt to just like think outside of the box when it came to their denim, right? Mm -hmm. It was more their fashion line. It was where their first skinny Mm -hmm. jeans came, their bell bottoms, their flares, the student fit. You'll see the student fit a lot too on there. So again, using the things that we just talked about, about like looking at like your, the tags on the inside will help you figure out if it's old orange or new orange, because even on the website now, they actually have a, um part of their vintage collection, like some new, they have um, some orange tab things on there. Okay, so um, if you find orange tab with the big E, That could be money too, but again, you know, check, check the inside tags and everything. So, um, and it's the first time where they started introducing stretch and spandex. So again, I've seen it used in the nineties. I saw like they had it in the nineties. They have it now they had it in the seventies. So it's just, is it old orange or new orange? Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. The Mm -hmm. ones I found were old. They were old. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah,
1: They sold for (laughs) over a hundred dollars. One sold on Etsy. This is like when I first started reselling and I just remember hearing somewhere that orange tab was good. And I was like, oh, look, I found some, like without even really understanding what it was that I found. That's, it. It amazing. Was a <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to talk about this, the black and the brown tabs. Sometimes you do find those. Mm-hmm. Um, so brown tabs, it's like their stat press line. It's like, it's basically like non-wrinkle
1: So it's like like a pant, like a, like a work pant, basically, like a work
0: pant, basically. So it's a black tab with gold lettering. I have seen a current style too. That's just black tab too. Um, But normally that was in the 300 series from what I've seen. Um, But it could be black. It could be Brown. um, But that doesn't, I don't think that also commands a lot. I don't really look for it again. This will mostly be in men's anyways. And I don't really go to the men's section, which I probably should for these jeans, (laughs) (laughs) and then the last one was the silver tab right so that was introduced in 1988 and that was where it was like all about the baggy jeans street inspired denim yeah so it was all about like their grunge denim that whole kind of look now I don't think that that commands as much yet but I think that would be something definitely to look into that direction yeah so the earlier um the earlier renditions of a silver tab, it's silver with maroon writing. Okay. And then the newer ones were silver, were like a gray silver with white writing.
1: I've seen silver with gray. Yeah. That is definitely one that I've seen. I've yeah. never seen silver with maroon. But I think with the way fashion's going right now, in the direction that it
0: seems to be heading towards could be the worth, next few years, could be worth, be worth starting way. to pick up and starting to look to see that trend, right? And yeah. what's going on. And then basically- what are people looking for? Right. So people are mostly looking for five Oh ones, five fifties, five twelves, the five Oh fives too, but they're just not as popular. I've noticed if you sometimes see like the tearaway tag, there's like some people want to see that tag. And then of course made in the USA, a hundred percent cotton.
1: Yeah. I think that's like, when you think of Levi's you, or you think of desirable, um, higher price point in terms of resale, that's what you're looking at, exactly. made in USA, and 100% cotton.
0: Exactly. And then the last thing I want to talk to you guys just about is how to measure your vintage jeans because it's super important. We talked a little bit earlier about how, um, you know, 100% cotton jeans really mold and fit that body that it's in. Um, so it's really important that you measure out your vintage jeans, even if you have the size in there, because yeah. the size, depending on who wore it, it might not be that size anymore, you know? So it's really important. And plus like we know vintage sizing is different than modern sizing, right?
1: 100%. So things that you want to measure from different eras is different.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You're hundred percent right. So, Things that you want to measure, and you can do all this laying flat, is your weight, the waist, the hips, the inseam. Those are the a must. You must, must. And then another optional, but I always do it is the leg opening, too, mm-hmm. and also the thighs. Mm, yeah, because with hundred percent cotton, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. exactly. Because you know, you might have two people that are the exact same size. They might have the same waist, but they'll have a different body structure in their legs. You know, someone might be more muscular. Someone might be more lean. Someone might have a butt. Someone might not have a butt. So it's like, you have to measure all these out. It's super important. If you want to get the best bang for your buck, you can't just throw out your vintage jeans out there and say, you know, size eight or whatever. It's like, no, they're not a size eight. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Yeah. And I just want to like, thank the following. So a couple of things that I did is I went on like Levi's.com there's also a really great um, seller on YouTube. It's called Loop Fam. Mm-hmm. He has really great videos. And I use a lot of his videos even for today's um, information because I wanted to confirm the things that I knew, you know, and use some of his examples in general, YouTube videos. And then there is a Poshmark seller. Her name is like Anya 44 that she does an amazing, amazing job when it comes to selling vintage Levi's. So if you want to see what my listing should look like, go to her, go to her page and see, cause she commands a very high dollar for all her vintage nice. jeans. And the last thing I'll say, what will does help too, when it comes to vintage jeans is wearing them, unfortunately, and modeling them. People want to see what this looks yeah. like on a real body. So it's just something to think about, but that's everything that I know about Levi's Well, thank you, Jen, for
1: sharing your knowledge with everyone. This was a really great episode. I know I learned a lot. I'm sure everyone listening learned a lot. This is a nice long episode for everyone. We're over an hour, okay? Over an hour. So I'm sure you're happy about that. We we like talking about this stuff too. I think when we focus on a specific topic or brand or something, it's always entertaining for us to kind of show what we know, but also learn a lot in the process and then help you guys in the community to be able to just be better sellers and just understand fashion better. Because I think when it comes to Americana fashion, there isn't much of it left. And the brands that are left are just, I just think it's so important for us to embrace their history and where they came from and who they were influenced by and you know Levi's was influenced by the workmen that he saw and the tailoring skills that he had and the trading business that's how this all started you know and i think that's really great and it's lasted this long i mean they definitely had their their difficulties but that early 2000 period was a very difficult time for a lot of american brands
0: yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. So even if you're not a fan of Levi's, I definitely recommend going to check them out, go to the store and try on all their different sizes. Cause I've converted a lot of people into Levi's and I've, I've known a lot of people that have like, Oh, Levi's like no way. And it's like, no, you just got to find the right cut. For you you yes. know, you gotta and when you find that right cut, they just know how to place those pockets in really good spots and make your butt look good, make your butt look good because that's <laughs> what we want. <laughs> um, so we
1: finished Levi's. We knew that you know, we told you guys we were gonna do this episode. Bonus content for Patreon group, you'll get that. We're gonna dive even deeper in Levi's. Next month, Jen and I were talking about this, and we think we're going to go the Calvin Klein route. We -hmm. talked about denim. Calvin Klein was kind of the, when we talked about this, Lori and I talked about Halston and the history of Halston, right? And then we talked about the history of Ralph Lauren. They kind of go hand in hand. They kind of around the same time. Well, we didn't talk about Calvin, and Calvin was kind of plopped in at the same time period, and he stole the show from Halston because Halston didn't want to do denim, And now Calvin Klein came in. And this is that that time period where Levi's started to see a little bit of a decline because brands like Calvin, Tommy, and Ralph came in. So Mm -hmm. we've covered Ralph, we've covered Halston, we've done Levi's, we're gonna do Calvin Klein next. Um, So if you guys wanna know anything specific about Calvin Klein, I know it may not necessarily be a brand people think about when it comes to resale, but maybe we can change your minds I think there are certain pieces and certain things about Calvin Klein that we should probably reconsider when it comes to resale one of them being their vintage denim
0: yeah I mean vintage denim is not just Levi's just remember that like there is a lot of people looking for Wrangler a lot of people looking for Lee like all these other brands that like we haven't even talked about and I honestly like I don't spend that much time myself on Lee jeans and Wrangler jeans but you can get a lot of money for those as well if you know what what you're looking for, you know? And And again, really what it comes down to, right? The other thing
1: too, is, um, just to throw it out there and then we'll, we'll wrap the episode up, but Ralph Lauren, when we talked about it, right. When Lori and I talked about that, there's one Ralph Lauren label that I always, always look for. And it's just so hard to come by. And that's the double RL. And I found it last week by chance, but there's always elements of these brands that you need to be on the lookout for because they're just valued differently. You see Polo Ralph Lauren all the time. You may see, you know, uh, what's it Lauren by Ralph Lauren. You'll see that all the time. They don't necessarily have the same resale value, but there are elements in it that do. So that's what we want to do. We want to kind of educate everyone on all that. And it's fun for us. We just, yeah,
0: it's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And like we said, I think we just scratched the surface. There's a million other different ways on how to identify your genes, but hopefully these were just like quick little tips for you while you're out in the thrift store. Or to see maybe you, like Daniela, you know, might have a uh, a diamond in the rough. You never know. <laughs> a diamond a in the, in the bin. There. <laughs> diamond in the rough.
1: Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll see some new faces in a Patreon group. If not, it's okay. You can just give us a five-star review if that's what you think that we deserve on Apple. That'd be nice. Or any review, really, for that matter, because it gives us exposure. So whether you like us or not, any review helps. But a five-star would be really nice.
0: <laughs> We'd prefer a nice <laughs> review. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, everyone, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.